0: This podcast is a Believe Network and Luciete production. to a Monday Night Raw recap edition of the DLU Podcast brought to you by Believe Network. I'm your host, Derek T. Lewis. And wow, 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 wow. What a Monday Night Raw. Unprecedented. Eight matches. <laughs> yes, guys. Eight matches that the WWE put on for us on for Monday Night Raw. And it wasn't, you know, eight throwaway matches. These were some well-detailed you know, encounters, and it was incredible. Obviously, you had them mixed in with a few vignettes and a few uh, promo segments and everything, but I thought ev- all the roads are leading towards United Champions in Saudi Arabia, so let's get right into it. So, they opened up with a segment, um, a promo segment for that matter, by Cody Rhodes, very p- passionate promo, you know, recapping what happened Saturday night with this match with Brock Lesnar. And what that, you know, what he went through as far as that match, how he was able to get through it, how he was able to get the W in that, in that match. And, of course, them being in Jacksonville, of course, his uh, homage to AEW, how he stated how he spent most of the pandemic in Jacksonville, which is 100% the case. You know, they were uh, doing their shows at Daily's Place every week. So nice homage to AEW without mentioning the acronyms AEW. So, he goes on to talk about, you know, the uh, World Heavyweight Championship Tournament and what it's going to mean to him to be, you know, to be become the champion. So he walks up the aisle and of course he goes up to the title belt and basically declares the tournament to begin and out comes Seth freaking Rollins who was um, scheduled to be in a triple threat match against Shishuke Nakamura and Damian Priest. And, of course, Cody and Seth have their little uh, little stare down. Of course, their history going back to their three epic matches last year. And, you know, that was the first match of the tournament. So it was going to be two triple threat matches. And the winner of those matches were going were gonna to face each other at the end of the night. To go to Night of Champions and face the winner of the SmackDown tournament this coming Friday, so you know the the triple threat match. You know you got three guys in there that that know what they're doing. You know, talk about seasoned veterans. You know that have been there and done it. And I was hoping that Damian Priest would you know walk out with the you know out with the victory, but Seth Rollins, you know, he hits um, Shishkin Nakamura with the pedig- with, with a splash. Then a pedigree. I think he had a knee bar on Damian Priest. Seth Rollins comes out of nowhere with a big splash, hits the pedigree, one, two, three. He goes to the match at the end of the night to face the winner of the second triple threat match, which I'll get to in a second. But it goes to a backstage vignette with the Imperium, who is walking through the halls of the arena talking about how, um, you know, Gunther's coming, Gunther's coming. And then they walk by, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and, you know, they interrupted, you know— Kevin and Sammy, and, you know, they're being a little bit overbearing, and I think he put his finger in Kevin's face, and which leads to, you know, having a match later on in the night on Monday Night Raw. Second match is um, Otis, who comes out with Maxine Dupree and uh, Chad Gable, and he takes on Mustafa Ali. And, of course, it's going to lead to something, and I do believe... um, Otis is going to end up going with Maxim, Maxim male models, but we'll see. But nonetheless, there was a little dissension with um, Chad Gable and um, Maxine Dupree on the um, apron, causing Otis to get distracted. And of course, Mustafa Ali wins with a 450 splash. Then, you know, they goes to a backstage promo with The Miz, hyping up his triple threat match against Finn Balor and Cody Rhodes. And that leads to the triple threat match. You know, the match is going great. You know, I'm thinking Cody, you know, everyone's thinking Cody's going to win, but they did report that Brock Lesnar was going to be in the arena. And what happens? Right when Cody's ready to pin, I believe it was Finn Balor. Out of the blue comes Brock Lesnar in a hoodie and, you know, starts beating the crap out of Cody Rhodes. Of course, in the triple threat match, there's no disqualification. Finn Balor wins. To advance to the semifinals at the end of the night, and uh, Brock Lesnar um, f5s Cody on the table, and man, Brock was rocking a shiner, and of course the stitches from when he um he he went he did a hard way to the head on Saturday night, and had to you could see the stitches in the middle of his head, but he was rocking a, a shiner on his left eye, and he was just saying, "Look at me, look at you know, look at my face," or whatever it was that he said, and he basically said that he he was taunting Cody, he wanted to fight him at Night of Champions. So that sets up that match. So we go on to match number four, and we have uh, Rhea Ripley, and she's facing Dana Brooke. And I get—I hadn't seen Dana Brooke on TV in a while. But quick match, you know. Rhea Ripley wins by submission, and Rhea was giving her a beatdown. And after the match was, you know, after the during the beatdown, you know, Natalia comes out. Now that Natalia's on Raw, and those that has been following my social media. Whether it's on Twitter, Instagram, or even my YouTube channel, I did interview Natalya during WrestleMania's press junket, and I asked her what was her goal for 2023, and her goal was to be the Raw Women's Champion, a title that she never won. So we shall see what happens here. But of course, you know, she does come down to save the day, and she confronts Rhea Ripley, and Dom Dominic Mysterio uh, whispers something in Rhea's ear, and then they leave. Then they show some vignettes for the um, NXT call-ups. You know, I know Jennifer Mahal and his crew, um, you know um, Apollo Cruz, and then Zoe Stark. And then, and then of course it goes to a backstage interview with Zoe Stark, and she's talking about you know how she's going to go over the competition. And of course she you know looks at uh, Nikki Cross. You know Nikki was doing Nikki Cross things in the back. He calls her a weirdo, and then she issues a challenge for Nikki later on that night. Then we move on to uh, the tag team match of um, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Imperium. And, man, I got to tell you, like, I really dig the Imperium. I, I dig their matches. You know, granted, you know, obviously Gunther, you know, obviously he's the he's the main guy there. But Ludwig and I think Vinci, I think his name is, those two guys can go. And I think if they can, you know, be highlighted more, I mean, who knows where, where this can lead down the road. But, of course, the champions win. With a uh, huge huluva kick by Sami Zayn to get the the 1-2-3. There's a backstage vignette with uh, Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green. And they're getting people to sign a petition for them to get a title rematch in which they did lose. You know, they they, they did lose a match to the champions, um, Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan. But they're trying to get people to sign. And there was an appearance by the group called The Way from NXT, who are now on the main roster. So of course, Candice LeRae, Johnny Gargano, Indy Hartwell, and Dexter Loomis. So you, you see that appearance from them, and then of course, match number six is Zoe Stark and Nikki Cross. And I think this this match was really utilized to introduce this introduce the the WWE fans to who Zoe Stark is because a lot of WWE fans don't watch NXT and that's okay. You know, a lot of people are very loyal to raw. They're very loyal to SmackDown. So they're not so much loyal to NXT. So I think smart business, you know, getting Zoe featured on this, you know, on this card, you know, this doesn't hurt uh, Nikki Cross in any way, shape or form. You know, she's still over with the crowd. Um, But Zoe does, Hit the uh, Z360, you know, to get the win over Nikki Cross. So I think, you know, putting her in these in these type of matches are really going to build her up as far as the, you know, as far as the consumer confidence with the WWE fans, and they would want to see her, you know, you know, every single week. I thought rather than use an established star, maybe they could use maybe an enhancement talent. You know somebody. You know typical. How I guess similar rather how AEW does with AEW Dark or AEW Dark Elevation, having you know having some wrestlers like that that are on the Indies. You know trying to you know get make a name for themselves and put them in a match like that. But again, different fo- different strokes for different folks. But whatever the case may be. But that was that match, and then they go to a backstage interview with um, Rhea and Dom. Out of nowhere comes Xavier Woods and Tazawa. And, you know, Dominic gets upset, and then, uh, of course, Woods challenges uh, Dom, you know, but Rhea Ripley tells Woods that Dom accepts, so she basically was talking for him. So, I wasn't sure where they were going with it, but we'll see. (laughs) Trish Stratus comes out to do a promo, and, I mean, she was insulting Becky Lynch, insulting her daughter. I mean, it, it was just like, man, then, of course... Becky's music hits, and Trish Stratus she laughs out when she found when you know, when people see where uh, Becky didn't come out. Typical what Shawn Michaels did when um, he was in Montreal back in two thousand five, and you know Bret Hart's music hit, and he was like, "Oh, I fooled you, I fooled you," but then. Again, insulting Becky Lynch, insulting, you know, I think Kevin Patrick, because I know that she he's from Ireland, too. So he was, you know, he was so she was insulting um, Becky, just kept going and on, on and on and on. And out of nowhere, Becky Lynch actually does show up, trades punches with her and hits her with a Bexploder and, run, and Trish runs for cover. So I'm interested to see where this goes, because the fact that Trish is back, I guess she's only doing TV. She's not doing house shows. From what I understand, I haven't read anything. I stay away from the dirt sheets because it's toxic, but I'm interested to see, you know, where this is going to go. I'm excited that Trish is back. I think her working with, you know, current talent, it bridges the gap, so to speak with the, from a fan's perspective, because you got a lot of young fans that may have not seen Trish Stratus, you know, in her prime, you figure Trish retired from, you know, main, I guess, you know, full-time competition back in 2000 and September, 2006 to be exact. So, and she's done some one-offs here and there. I know she did this, the um, the triple threat match, or the, I'm sorry, the, uh, the six-person tag match at WrestleMania 27 with John Morrison and Snooki. She did that match. And, of course, she just did this past WrestleMania. And she did SummerSlam, I think, 2019 in Toronto, which was supposed to have been her last match. But no one ever retires, right? <laughs> Especially in the world of professional wrestling. Well, Xavier Woods wrestles um, Dominic Mysterio with, um, of course, with Rhea. And hard hitting match. I mean, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, of course, Dom wins with grabbing the tights. And I know Xavier Woods was, um, he, he threw a fit and was talking about uh, putting it into the Judgment Day and that type of thing. So I'm hoping this can mark the return of all members of the New Day. That'll be interesting. Judgment Day versus the New Day. I like to see that happen. And, of course, The Miz does a backstage vignette with um, Shinsuke Nakamura. And he was talking about how he was supposed they were, you know, two former SmackDown guys, how they were supposed to stick together and all this stuff. And um, The Miz wants them to be like a tandem. And Shinsuke basically challenged The Miz to a match for next week's edition of Monday Night Raw. Then, of course, it's the main event of the of the evening, Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. For those that uh, don't remember um, or do remember, you know, the, the, f- the first universal uh, championship uh, tournament match was SummerSlam 2016 in which Finn Balor actually did beat Seth Rollins in the match. But he actually got injured in the match when um, Seth tried to, to do the buckle bomb on the, um, the railing and Finn hurt his he, – he literally like dislocated his arm. He was out for a while. So they tried to redo that spot with Finn doing it to Seth, which I think was a nice touch to that previous match that they had back in 2016. But Seth Rollins wins the match with uh, two curb stomps to advance to the finals at Night of Champions. So I am very interested to see which SmackDown superstar is going to advance to the finals. I'm hoping, and um, call me crazy, Seth Rollins versus Edge, but again, I could be reaching, I could be dreaming, or whatever the case. But I think that'll be good, and I think Seth getting getting a win over Edge, I think, will be great. But my thoughts on this tournament in the World Heavyweight Championship, I had a lot of time to think about it. You know, there's been opinions from from those that are in the business, that are you know, from you know, of course, the fans, and. I can see both sides on why they want to create this new title but I think there could have been a, a more simplistic way to do it and I think you know the WWE championship in which Roman has only held for technically a year because that was a title that he beat Brock for last WrestleMania but the universal title has been you know in his in his grasp since uh, I believe August of 2020 so it's been a while since, you know, obviously going on three years this um this coming August if he holds on to it to that long. But I know the 1,000 day is coming up rather soon. I was thinking that, you know, the WWE Championship, will basically they could mark that one vacant and they can create a new WWE Champion. But the fact that there's technically going to be three World Championships in the WWE, I'm hoping that something very, very creative is going to happen in which I believe somehow, some way Roman Reigns is going to get his hands on that World Heavyweight Championship. And my man is going to be Teflon Don walking around WWE with three world titles around his waist. And I think that may, that, that could add even more prestige to the potential rematch with him and Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania 40 in Philly. So all we can do as fans is just wait, and see what happens, you know. Just follow the story, and let's just let's just go with the flow and see what goes on. But of course, this Friday night on SmackDown, you have the SmackDown side of the the tournament, you know, to determine who's going to face Seth Rollins at Night of Champions. As I mentioned, I'm pulling for Edge to do it, but again, we shall see. Well, again, as I stated before in the other day on the um, the podcast that I did to cover or do the recap for Backlash, is that I'm going to be doing some wrestling-themed podcasts throughout the week, maybe 15 minutes to 20 minutes, depending upon. But my main, you know, show format on Thursdays does not change. You know, you're still going to be he- hearing my interviews with, the, you know, everybody. You know what I mean? You never know who's going to show up, who's going to come through the doors of the D-Loop podcast. But of course, you can Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the real DT Lou Facebook is Derek T Lewis official page. You can go to my store shop.derektlouis.com and get some really dope hoodies and T-shirts. You can also, you know, get my music. You can stream my music on all streaming platforms. Just look up Derek T Lewis and you'll be able to see my first single "Selfish Pride" as well as my EP "Every Second Make It Count." Well, I'm going to get out of here. And as I always say, no matter what you do in life, always remember to make it count. See you next time.